But even within the Ethereum ecosystem, there's so much going on that uh, if you're just coming into the space, you can even pick a subset of a technology. There's just so much to go into that you can start a content channel uh, about almost any topic. I'm Rudy Dogum, and this is Wholesome Crypto. Here, I speak with crypto experts, influencers, and entrepreneurs to find out what personally led them to the path of cryptocurrency. Welcome, Mota, to the Wholesome Crypto Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Excited to uh, be on your show. Yeah, of course. And you know, you've been doing a lot contributing to the ETH community with ETH Daily. It's a newsletter and podcast. Uh, giving, you know, I, I get my news source from there, so I appreciate your work. <laughs> and I definitely want to learn more about the process of what you do and how you got there. So, you know, one thing I do want to learn about, though, is, you know, what were you doing before ever even hearing about cryptocurrencies? Where was Mota at in life? Yeah. So, before I ever heard about uh, Bitcoin or blockchain or Ethereum, um, I was in undergrad. Uh, doing undergraduate studies. Um, I was working a marketing role, a traditional marketing role at a uh, government-funded nonprofit. Um, and when I say traditional marketing, I mean like some of the marketing campaigns were like print marketing. Um, and uh, when I first heard about Bitcoin, I was taking a, uh, an accounting course and learning about uh, bank reconciliation. Uh, so that's basically when a company checks their books against their bank statements. Um, and uh, I was thinking to myself, well, you know, blockchain kind of fixes this if uh, the companies just keep their financials on chain. And so that kind of really clicked with me at the time. And so uh, that was when I first started to go down the rabbit hole of Bitcoin, uh, blockchain and the broader crypto ecosystem. Did your professor mention Bitcoin or was that just like you heard it from somewhere else and it kind of connected the dots? Uh, I think it was kind of popping up uh, in 2017. So there's a few people talking about it. Um, and then I've also heard about at the time about the Silk Road uh, mm -hmm. site and how it was, it used Bitcoin. So uh, kind of uh, a couple of friends were talking about it. So I decided to look a little bit, look a little more into it. Um, uh, and so I guess kind of with, with these cycles, uh, when crypto gets popular, people kind of start asking about it. Yeah. That's like the fun, fun part about it all is like when your friends are just like talking about it, getting all jazzed up and saying, Oh, look, I made $10 today. Or I mean, like, you're just like bragging about, you know, how much money they made in crypto. And you know, during that time, that's what it was like known for mostly it's still known for that today but it's changing dramatically with all the new applications you can build dApps DeFi, nfts etc and there's a lot more news going around so it's definitely hard to filter all that out um but yeah so you were learning about bitcoin you kind of heard about it. it's things are starting to click for you but was it something that you knew you wanted to heavily invest your time and energy into, or was it just something kind of like, oh, it's neat? <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I've always been interested in uh, podcasting as a medium. It's like it's a, definitely a unique medium of uh, storytelling, and uh, I've always been interested in audio. Uh, so you know, human voice and 
audio are, are super powerful. Um, uh, when you watch a movie, uh, you, you get the emotions from the audio. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, watching a movie without audio would be like unbearable. <laughs> yeah, um, especially scary yeah. movies. You just wouldn't be scary anymore. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So um, I, I've had podcasts before, but just, you know, kind of testing it out and how, uh, how to do a podcast, how it works. Um, so I kind of saw an opportunity to get into podcasting within crypto and also use it as a way to learn about crypto myself. Uh, so with podcasting, and I'm sure if there's other podcast hosts listening to this, um, it's definitely a tool uh, for the host to learn different perspectives, learn uh, different technologies, uh, just gain so much insight from the people that you interview. Um, and so I, at the time, Bitcoin was going through its uh, hard fork with Bitcoin Cash. And I was yeah. like thinking to myself, uh, why is everyone so angry? What's going on here? <laughs> um, and so, yeah, you know, as we know today, uh, Bitcoin Cash was, you know, it, it flopped. Um, and so that kind of caught my interest that people were so passionate. This was back when there was actually Bitcoin developers that were uh, debating uh, about upgrades to the network. Um, and so I started a, a daily podcast at the time to get myself into crypto. And this was more broadly of uh, a more broad podcast covering the entire crypto ecosystem as a whole, as opposed to ETH daily. Now I've kind of narrowed down my focus to the Ethereum ecosystem, but even within the Ethereum ecosystem, there's so much going on Mm -hmm. that uh, if you're just coming into the space, you can even pick a subset of a technology. It could be the layer two ecosystems. It could be, uh, app chains. Um, uh, there's just so much th- to go into that you can start a content channel uh, about almost any topic. Yeah. And so how was that experience for you doing the broad uh, crypto podcast? And uh, I guess, at what what was your transitioning point into focusing on ETH? Um, yeah, so that was, uh, I, I kind of got lucky with the timing uh, with the previous cycle in 2017 with that podcast, I continued it on to until 2018, um, where I, uh, worked for an Ethereum based project, uh, uh, in a marketing role. Uh, but I've always liked using podcasting as a part of, uh, uh, the marketing strategy. Uh, Mm -hmm. but it was there where I kind of, when it was more so of a bear market and you really see, uh, kind of like the projects that flop and that yeah. go away. Like 99% of the projects from 2017 uh, are not to be found today. Yeah. Um, uh, in in 2018, like EOS had that $4 billion ICO, which yeah. is absolutely like insane. Um, but during the bear, you saw like the true colors of, of the projects in the space and kind of the technologies leading forward. Um, and so I kind of followed Ethereum uh, closely and with its path towards, at the time it was towards ETH 2.0. Uh, but over time that changed into uh, the merge, as we know, yeah. uh, which happened in September. Yep. And yeah, it's a good time to get into it because 
there was so much hype around it and it was pretty insane like watching it happen so there was a lot of worry and, and, like, go ahead yeah and we we see that we saw that with uh, this cycle also like uh tw- crypto twitter compared to this time last year it's just so much more clean yeah and I, i'm always like surprised we have alternatives to crypto twitter like just twitter in general and people just don't you know we, we don't move for some reason we have alternatives good alternatives that work and if if it's a crypto twitter we can always use something like gm.xyz or like Nam, uh, mastodon and i think lens is still working their way up but I mean, I'm always I'm all, like ruined for the crypto scene to finally make the push altogether, but it's dependent on us. And once we make the move, we'll see. Yeah, Web three social for some reason we that's been an aspect that the crypto ecosystem hasn't been able to get right. Like in the in 2017, 2018, there was a platform called Steemit, which is yeah. kind of similar. Uh, but yeah, no, like none of them have really taken off um everyone's still on web2 twitter yeah and we'll see what happens i mean it's seemingly getting cleaner from all the ads yeah yeah the the user experience of even uh newer platforms today like lens protocol um is definitely a better experience than some of the early uh social applications mm-hmm. And so now, all right, you're in the scene. ETH Daily is starting up. Um, what what were your goals? What were your like learning experiences from the previous podcast that was generally crypto? And what did you bring with you? And what kind of what kind of things did you change that you knew that you can make better from from your learnings? Uh, yeah, definitely. So in, in 2021, kind of that second cycle brought me back into. Uh, focus more on day to day on what's going on in the space. Um, I, I knew I wanted to focus on Ethereum just because that's where majority of the developer activity, majority of the applications are. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the biggest change is obviously with ETH daily. It's focused on ETH. Um, previously, it'd just be more general uh, headlines of the day, um, and also the news sources that I. Uh, go to towards now which majority is from crypto twitter um <laughs> i try to go directly to the source so just following companies themselves and whenever they publish an update whenever someone like liquidity or DeFi saver release a new feature new product um i i follow them uh closely uh so i see what they release uh and kind of get my sources from the projects directly as opposed to previously just what was being reported on. Gotcha. Um, so definitely definitely focusing on increasing increasing the quality of content that is covered. Uh, also, uh, developments from the Ethereum uh, core development team. Uh, they have about, right now, two or three weekly calls uh, from the consensus layer call to the execution layer call, uh, the uh, proto-dank sharding call, um, and there's, they always have, if you ever want to learn about Ethereum, attend one of these calls and you'll be mind blown by all the, uh, different, uh, updates that are happening. Um, so yeah, just the quality of updates that I provide, I try to, uh, increase that quality. And, uh, also uh, I've always 
liked doing a daily briefing. That's kind of been uh, fun for me um, and also a great way to just catch up myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's a, just a more filtered out, better daily briefing uh, than the previous one. And how, so this sounds like it's mostly manual. Like how much tech do you use to at least automate some of your processes? Uh, yeah, so um, thankfully there's been uh, tools um, uh, that have come out in the podcasting space to automate, um, you know, the podcast production process. Uh, so for for news, I uh, have my list of projects and uh, sources that I track. Uh, also, you know, the, the alpha here is uh, DeFi Llama is actually uh, very good at doing their daily roundups. Um, so if you, if you want a, a faster source, um, they, they provide, they cover almost, almost everything. Uh, but go to the DeFi Llama daily roundup and they'll provide kind of like a list of what's going on. Um, and then go on crypto Twitter. I'll, maybe I'll create some lists of people to follow. And mm-hmm. for specific uh, ecosystems like the Layer Two ecosystem, um, and uh, yeah, so for for tools for automation, um, right now I've I've recently trans uh, transitioned into using Descript, which yeah. is uh, a podcast production uh, or editing uh, application, and uh, they've really pushed the needle forward uh, with uh, podcast editing. Uh, so it handles audio, video, audiograms, um, uh, uh, and it makes it super easy to just make a few light edits uh, and export the final audio and video um, product out to publish on socials. Yep. Yeah, I've toyed around with Descript for a bit on my own, but now I'm checking out dub.media. I also recommend you to check that out might be useful, but what they do is kind of um, take your podcast, take your audio recording or video and kind of create blog posts and transcripts and all that fun stuff using AI to kind of create your text shareables instead of you having to create your own. It saves a lot of time. Yeah, yeah. And definitely with uh, there's a, a few other tools like Audio Burst where they just clips it audio clip from your podcast to share on social. Um, mm-hmm. So the, these tools are like great, but they're not quite there yet with the yeah. uh, uh, terms of like capturing the right moment or making the right post. Uh, so it does take a little bit of manual uh, editing to posting on social. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for the editing flow, like things like uh, background noise reduction, noise gate, um, uh, these things that you would have to do manually uh, in a, a digital audio workstation, um, uh, these are just implemented tools into these uh, new softwares like the script, where it's just a simple button to remove uh, background noise. Um, and uh, let me see yeah. if there's other tools. Uh, well, the script uh, what I've been testing out with the script is their uh, overdub uh, AI feature, which allows oh, you yeah. to create. Uh, an AI of your own voice. Um, so it's it's mainly used for it. The main use case for it is editing. So in, in case I slip up a word or say the wrong thing, you can uh, use that tool to automate the correct audio 
uh, version of what you said. Uh, but I've been trying to get it to a point where I can hopefully uh, just have that be my voice. So I just send a script to the script, have it produce the audio recording instead of having to record manually. Um, yep. Not there yet. Just need <laughs> probably several more hours of, of uh, data to feed it. But I think we're getting closer. Yeah, I think I've uh, listened to one of, a few of your episodes and I I can tell. It's like, oh, this is this is Descript, I think. <laughs> I, was, I was checking that out and I was impressed though. It sounded really nice. It was really clean. Um, and I'm comparing, to, comparing it to your voice now and I can, yeah, it's pretty close um yeah and uh I, I saw the other day someone posted on twitter that they created an automated podcast by using uh chat uh gpt um and uh, uh they basically created a script to summarize like a white paper uh and used chat gpt to generate a conversation between two individuals and then use a, a text-to-speech tool to generate the audio and uh, published it as a podcast. So uh, we're, we're not quite there to the final product yet, but we're definitely seeing the innovation in AI to help us automate the production process of, uh, of basically breaking down or summarizing more complex to- topics into simpler ones to help us learn, which is what I see uh, podcasting uh, it's mainly used for. Absolutely. And yeah, like as I'm, as I'm doing my own podcast, I'm like, this is a lot of time for, yeah, for free. Um, but is this, is this your full-time like job gig? Is this something you do on the side? Um, yeah. So a- apart from eat, eat daily, I do, uh, podcast services. So, uh, I privately, privately do podcast services for both individuals and companies. Uh, whether it's looking to launch a podcast or looking to for uh, that editing uh, service or even hosting, uh, I do provide uh, services on a per project basis uh, to other uh, either individuals or companies. But yeah, as a, as a solo podcaster, it can be uh, quite draining to do the entire production flow. Because uh, mm-hmm. what you want to focus on is you want to make more time towards what you're covering in your podcast, um, and so I uh, improving that for myself. So it takes up less time to produce these daily briefings, um, and eventually help to automate that process. Uh, but on the side, I uh, privately help others uh, with their podcasts. Wow! How many hours do you think you spend a day on just ETH daily? Um, yeah, so it can range. Uh, sometimes it could be as short as three, uh, three hours. Um, other times it can be, you know, four, five. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it depends if there's uh, enough coverage, enough items to cover. And also, like sometimes w- with these daily, I like pushing myself to write. Uh, so it, it, with each podcast, you kind of improve yourself. And with ETH Daily, it's a basically a text briefing that I turn into an audio briefing. Uh, but it's for myself, it's improving writing skills and uh, uh, also learning about these different projects. So if there's a more technical um, uh, item that I need to cover uh, that I haven't learned about yet, then it takes me a little bit more time to kind of 
understand what that update is. Um, uh, like right now, there's uh, Frax, the stablecoin released a uh, liquid staking derivative, uh, but it, part of that yield from their liquid staking derivative comes from uh, incentives on Curve. Uh, so these things kind of take a little bit more time for me to read through myself and summarize them to put in the daily briefing. So it varies between three to five hours uh, daily. Gotcha. That's a, that's a good amount of time. Um, so then like, what do you do? I guess like you're doing ETH daily, you're doing uh, private podcast services. Like how does Mota spend his time offline? What do you do for like, as like a hobby or something to kind of just clear your mind from the podcast space and crypto space? Uh, uh, sure. So like for, for, in terms of like hobbies and for, for, fun on free time. I like learning about uh, audio. So like now there's like 32-bit float audio, which is clipless audio. Uh, so I kind of like diving into new tools within audio and also trying to keep up to date with what's going on in the podcast space. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, I guess that's uh, kind of a where I spend my time. And also, I've also been in my free time kind of diving into uh, DMX, uh, lighting and creating, uh, light shows. Um, nice. Uh, but yeah, that's m- still focused around, uh, like audio, uh, tech. Have you ever thought of going into audio engineering? Um, not necessarily just cause I kind of like, uh, uh, like software has improved so much, uh, yeah. for, every industry. And so some of the things that used to take so much time or or required so much special expertise, uh, now it's just like with software, it it improves it and it makes that tool available uh, for the masses. So an example is like a noise gate um, on an audio file. Like before there used to be an analog um, device, hardware device that you can put your noise gate on. Uh, But now there's just several uh audio softwares that you can uh add a noise gate and there there's like a transition from uh analog to digital and everything's digital now um so i don't really it's more of nostalgia of going back to the analog tech just to have Mm -hmm. fun with it um but my sort of focus and passion is still within podcasting creating uh, storytelling, uh, helping companies uh, get their message out, and uh, using this as a medium to uh, reach others. Okay. Yeah, it's awesome. Like, it's nice that you found your passion and you're able to live it and work in it and grow your own entrepreneurial journey from it. It's it's like a life goal for many people and myself. Um, yeah, th- I, I definitely would have never thought that you could, like when I was doing an undergrad that you could make a living from podcasting um, in terms of pro- podcasts that uh, self-sustained just based off the podcast alone. It is a small percentage, like maybe one or 2% of podcasts monetize enough to self-sustain. Uh, but it's, it's definitely still early uh, with podcasting, even though it's grown tremendously over the past couple of years. Um, uh, so it's, it's not too late 
to get into podcasting and to get into uh, making this your like your daily routine or, or your career. Uh, so there's definitely um, lots of room for growth. Yeah, and definitely we we know we're trying. <laughs> um, so as you're yeah as you're getting all this news from the Ethereum you know ecosystem. And you've been in the crypto space for quite a while now. So you got a good understanding of how it all works. What is a crypto pet peeve that you have? Um, sure. I think uh, these past few months we've seen, or actually it's always been here. So like grifting yeah. <laughs> uh, on, on Twitter. Uh, I think the grifters have always been here. Uh, I haven't heard the term grifting until this past cycle, I, I didn't hear that term uh, thrown around in 2017. Uh, but like, I, I now understand for a new new person coming into the space, um, seeing a, you know, a post, a tweet from a grifter versus uh, someone else, it's kind of hard to tell with if, if someone's grifting, like if they mm-hmm. actually know what they're talking about, or uh, so, sometimes it's the grifters like they just don't know uh what they're talking about and they're not <laughs> intentionally misleading but other times uh people are just use a narrative to intentionally uh mislead and, and drive a narrative uh so yeah that's that would be a pet peeve of mine um if you're coming into this space i think long term uh if you have integrity uh it'll pay off long term because everyone remembers the grifters yeah. from like the, the past cycle and ki- that kind of sticks with you. Um, so you kind of want to keep a clean slate and just be honest and have integrity and not creating unnecessary uh, misleading uh, narratives. Exactly. Uh, that's interesting since you deal with news so much, has there ever been like something, if you could remember like an article or some update that came out and you were just surprised it wasn't bigger, either if it was like something really amazing and good or something really negative and damaging. Uh, like like uh, surprising that not enough people talk Did, about it? Yeah. Uh, sure. Like, so like, uh, I think like late last year with FTX, that kind of took over the news. And so people really miss the underlying uh, products that these companies release. So like DeFi Saver, for example, uh, I'm not affiliated with them or I'm not paid by them, but they released quite a few updates that I thought were really cool uh, for their portal. Um, And so if you just pay attention to the, uh, what's going on in the mainstream of FTX, uh, Celsius, uh, what's the most recent one, Gemini. Yeah. You, it's kind of news that just keeps you busy. But if you try to focus on new products and new primitives, new releases uh, that are coming out, you get to learn more about how DeFi works and how these uh, financial products work. And you deepen your knowledge and uh, can use it as a tool uh, for your own financial, uh, uses. Yeah. And that's the thing cause where you get your news and getting like the, the, 
the news isn't just trying to like convince you something more just tell you what's going on and you make your own decision is really important. Um, and you know, working on, working on this and growing this, uh, for your friends and family, when they, when they see you working on this, are they thinking, man, Moto, stop like crypto is nuts. Like, why are you wasting your time with this? You should be focusing on something else. Or are they totally supportive and excited for you to grow this podcast? Uh, definitely supportive. And I think, uh, cause, uh, from the past cycle, I've kind of, uh, helped them, uh, on board and kind of just stick to the stuff that works, not, uh, dive into, uh, platforms that don't work and just, Mm -hmm. you know, keep it simple, stupid, right. (laughs) Uh, just use like for, for most people that are not in crypto, um, and, and you, maybe you work in healthcare, you work in a, a completely different industry, but you still want some exposure. Um, it's okay to invest in crypto. My advice would just be like, you know, keep it self custody, keep it secure. Uh, just keep it there. Um, since they don't really have time to get into the specifics of how to use different applications and it gets risky for someone that doesn't know, you know, malicious MetaMask transaction versus a non-malicious one. Um, my advice is just to yeah. keep it simple. Just uh, it's kind of that narrative from the Bitcoin community, right? Like they don't do anything with their Bitcoin. <laughs> they just hold it. Um, but that kind of has worked for them in a way. So that's kind of my advice for people that are not in this space and don't have time for it. Absolutely. Uh, self, self-custody is the, the key. That, that's like the whole purpose of, of crypto. Absolutely. And it's like, it is a step-by-step process. Every time someone comes to me asking, how do I start getting into crypto? I'm like, well, there's a lot to tell you, but I guess first thing you should do is open up, I guess, a more trusted centralized exchange such as Coinbase. Like I want, I want to say Binance and Gemini, but it's, I don't know if I can, they're, they're kind of on the borderline right now. Kraken's Okay. But yeah, I'm not paid by any of these guys either. I'm just, this is all, all options we have here. And that's the hard part, right? Like, how do you recommend something that is easy enough for the average person, but kind of like at what risk are you suggesting that for? So it, it can get tricky, especially in 2021 with the C5 platforms, mm-hmm. uh, BlockFi, Celsius. Obviously, everyone's interested and it's kind of easy to recommend like oh uh here's this platform it'll take care of everything for you but um it, it's kind of it, it can be hard to uh stop yourself from recommending a platform just because it's easy to use um so yeah i, I also say like go oh, just use coinbase but you you want to go self-custody exactly yeah. i'm like use coin use an exchange that lets you withdraw your crypto as soon as possible and then withdraw it out of there. So, exactly. But some people don't even like doing that. People are just like buying and holding in their exchange because it is it an extra layer. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's it's tough. It's a it's a hard. Um, it's like it's easy to sell, but also pretty hard to sell at the same time. Uh, but yeah, but as long as someone's, as long as they're getting into it somehow, and hopefully not losing all their money, then. And- that, that's probably why these CFI platforms had such a, 
a massive value proposition just because, you know, there's Ethereum staking, but people don't know how to go about that. And it's pretty technical for a, a, a non-technical person to go through that process of setting up a home validator. Um, and so that that's kind of why these CFI platforms uh, filled that need for people. But th- there's kind of no way to go around having to rely on a centralized third party to take care of something for you. There's only mm-hmm. uh, self-custody. That's the safest way. Um, Absolutely. And like anyone who's interested in staking Ethereum, try not to stake it on a centralized exchange. Like go to Rocket Pool, go to Stakewise, go to go to Superfizz. He's like the man of all staking. Um, they have great help and tutorials and examples of how to stake at home or at least stake somewhere else that's more decentralized. Um, healthy for the community. But yeah, you're absolutely right. It's like, there is there is a tipping point. And I think like it's nice that we are getting closer to it compared to 2017, 2013. It's like I'm seeing the growth. I'm seeing the ease of use. Like nowadays, we don't people don't have to download the entire blockchain on their computers to make a transaction, which is amazing in itself. And, and to add on to that, like even with with staking, that's getting easier to like you know previously with mining. Uh, you need specialized equipment and that was a pretty difficult uh, task to do. Uh, but staking has gotten easier uh, and, I, and I just think it's going to get, you know, as Ethereum progresses and there's even more upgrades, uh, I think it'll get uh, even easier uh, to host a, a home validator, a home node. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, if you're out there, the Rocket Pool community, the uh, Superfizz with the staked, uh, staked Ethereum community. Um, there's guides, but I think there's going to be even more guides and simpler ways to stake uh, as the network progresses. Absolutely. And um, yeah, it's definitely something on my to-do list to get that set up for a home, home network. But uh, yeah, in time. <laughs> so yeah, and then... As you're learning more and more about the ETH community, do you uh, do you feel like you've let go of your Bitcoin uh, interest and other cryptocurrency interests? Are you like an ETH fanatic, or still you still love everything in general? Uh, so, am I an ETH maxi? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, in other terms, um, I, I would say I'm definitely I. I don't see anything wrong with uh, Bitcoin as an asset. Uh, I think it's it's there. It was the first, it, it was the coin that, you know, brought this entire ecosystem in the beginning. Um, I'm not, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm definitely in terms of what I spend my time time and value in uh, is strictly Ethereum. Um, I, I, I guess that's one of my weaknesses is, not diving into the other ecosystems mm-hmm. uh, like Solana, Cosmos, Polkadot. Not because I believe that they're going to gain market share or market dominance uh, over Ethereum, uh, but just because it's a great way to understand what they're doing. And if it doesn't work, like why didn't it work? So like 
uh, what coins are just or what chains are just a copy of other chains and kind of being able to tell that difference. Um, uh, that's something I need to spend more time on is understanding other ecosystems just to be open to uh, understanding them. But I would say I'm mostly uh, ETH maxi, but still open to other ecosystems. Yeah, I feel you on that one because, I mean, I still like Bitcoin as an asset. The fundamental belief in it is so interesting. It's just kind of pure, very libertarian. <laughs> but I kind of I kind of understand the fascination behind it and interest in it. And you know, I, I don't I don't really don't think it's going to go anywhere. Um, I, I still wonder if ETH will ever flip it, but. I think I still think they're going to grow in line together. And to mention other blockchains, it's tough because you know we have such robust systems, or you know things have been out for a while, like Ethereum, Bitcoin. They've been they've been you know tossed in the ringer for for a bit, and they've had their fair share of downfalls in the earliest early stages. But then when you see new blockchains coming up now and then they have their issues where the chain stops or something has to be reset or if there's any issues, people are, I feel like are less forgiving and definitely more harsh in terms of judgment. Like, all right, this chain can't do anything. Solana went down three times. Like, yeah, maybe, maybe it's not going to be the one or maybe you should wait and see, like give them a chance. I, I don't know what's best. It's kind of hard to say. But it's definitely like we definitely see a lot of the human aspect in the crypto industry of like judgment, talking about which chain is better than whose and kind of like hard to it's hard to let yourself allow a different chain to succeed if you're so invested in one other one. And it's like, what are we really after? You know, is it money or growth and technology as an ecosystem? Yeah, and that kind of goes back to uh, like the crypto pet peeve and the grifters, right? It's kind of like the L1 uh, wars and kind of the Bitcoin maxi wars. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think it, it's uh, it, it's hard because some of it's it can get technical to understand how each ecosystem works. So obviously, there's folks that uh, understand uh, how a different system works, and I think it's important to uh, call different, uh, 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 I don't know, issues out from other chains. Uh, but as long as it's a correct statement, uh, but what I don't like about the, uh, grifting, right. Is when someone just, uh, sends out a narrative without really understanding, uh, the mechanics behind it. Um, uh, but yeah, it can be difficult even as a user to understand kind of like what's true, what's not. And is this really an important issue? Um, is this chain just a copy of another chain? Um, so that that's a, a difficult um, thing for the average person. Absolutely. And when I try to investigate myself, I'm like, oh, they make a good point. Oh, the other side makes a pretty good point too. Oh, but they make a good point against that too. And it's like back and forth, they're both making good points. I'm like, shoot, who do I, how do I like, without having to read the entire white paper and going through their GitHub and learning all that, how do I make a judgment call? 
Yeah. And, and that's because uh, you do want to make your own judgment call also, right? Like mm-hmm. you can't just say like, oh, I, I, I believe this just because so-and-so uh, said this. Uh, but yeah, it's, that's, that's the tough part. Uh, and I think that's why we have kind of a layer one uh, crypto wars, <laughs> uh, yeah. crypto Twitter wars. It's definitely, a, I think it's becoming more of a gut feeling for me after so many years of seeing Swar. It's just like, this is, I don't know what, but it's something about my gut and intuition. It's like, I've seen something like this before and I don't know if this is going to work out. But if and, you're new, and, it's hard to tell for sure. And there's also like, as a, I don't know, creator in the space or as, uh, yeah, essentially as someone in the space, if you build influence, you kind of have to decide, like, it's hard to be unbiased uh, and kind of to have an unbiased opinion across the ecosystem. Um, So you you do see individuals that stick with one chain just Mm -hmm. because that's where their expertise is. Uh, So that's kind of like a, a decision you have to make as an individual. So previously, I was kind of open to all chains and covering uh, all news from all different uh, ecosystems. But now I, I do have that Ethereum bias where um, uh, everything that I release is with uh, the aspect that it's related to Ethereum, that it holds uh, decentralization values, uh, you know, Web3 ethos. Um, so it, it's kind of, if you're a, a creator or uh, in the space, you kind of do have to make that decision of, uh, are you going to try to become unbiased, which is kind of impossible, or are you mm-hmm. going to just, just say what you think, uh, about each chain or, or about what ecosystem you're in? Yep. Now, now with all this, uh, you know, chain wars talk, uh, what, after being in the industry for so long, what is a favorite wholesome crypto moment that you've had? Something in the ecosystem and industry that made you feel good, that made you feel proud to be part of it, or kind of was like, all right, this is this is has hope. Uh, sure. So the the Ethereum merge uh, in September, uh, I, I think that was uh, pretty wholesome. Uh, on, on Twitter, there's there was like a photo of core developers like in a room. Um, and they were like, just like sitting on the floor, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, with their laptops while, while, you know, the biggest blockchain upgrade, uh, to ever happen. As far as, as far as I know, I wasn't here for the early Bitcoin days. Um, uh, so that was like pretty humbling to see and how it all just happened so seamlessly. Um, cause that was an upgrade that was like seven years in the making. Um, and so that was, uh wholesome crypto moment yeah for sure it definitely was like people were throwing merge parties everyone was getting together excited for it it was it was definitely exciting and again and that's one thing i love about the ethereum community it's how strong they are how tight they are it's a uh, it's fun to be in uh but yeah i mean thank you for you know contributing to ethereum's network and ecosystem thank you for publishing daily like what what are people uh what should we look forward to for ETH daily anything in the roadmap and also where can everyone find you and sign up uh sure so for for ETH daily right now it's a monday through friday uh daily briefing uh so i expect to see that continue uh just for 
daily updates about Ethereum, uh, Ethereum ecosystem and, and projects. Um, if you're looking to listen to ETH daily, just go to uh, any wherever you listen to podcasts and search for ETH daily. It's a yellow uh, background with the logo of Ethereum with kind of like a radio wave coming out of it. Um, and yeah, that's it. Um, if you're, if you have any questions in regards to anything, anything podcasting, uh, anything Ethereum, feel free to DM us on Twitter, uh, at ETH daily. And I'll be happy to, uh, help you guys out. Um, and yeah, and thank, thank you, uh, Rudy for, for having me uh, on the show. I've loved listening to your previous episodes and kind of, uh, enjoy that you're covering that social layer of crypto in uh, documenting uh, who's been uh, in the scene. Thank you. That means a lot. Thank you. Appreciate that. All right, Mota. Uh, again, thank you again. And I'm excited to keep following you daily. Cheers. Cheers. All right.